lot to think about this morning. And over this past month, we've been exploring this theme called Thrive. What is it that makes for a life that thrives, that's flourishing? And I love this uh, Russian proverb. Um, it goes like, let's see, it goes like this. Happiness is not a horse, you can't harness it. Happiness is not a horse, you can't harness it. And I totally agree. Happiness is not something that you can just go down the street and purchase. If you want to be happy, you can go and buy an ice cream and you feel happy for a moment. But we're asking the question, what is it that makes for a thriving kind of life? So over the past two weeks, we've been asking and saying these things. Thrive, what is it? It's connect, making room for others. Because when you make room for other people, there's a sense in which you are valued and you find that you're valued and you find that other people value you. So you have a sense of worth in your own life. Second thing is that flow. Knowing and doing what you are good at gives you a sense of purpose. I was speaking to a lady last week and she said, I tried that Via Character website. Did anyone go there and try the Via Character? The Via Character website to discover what your strengths are. That was a really good outcome from last week, wasn't it? No one discovered what their strengths were. Well, she said, I went to the Via Character website and I put in eight, uh, my password, and then it didn't like it because it was only six characters. It needed eight. So I put in eight characters and they had this picture and it asked me to select on the screen which part of the car it was in. Yeah? You know, know what I'm talking about? She said, I thought that was part of the test. It wasn't. She said, I got so frustrated, I put it aside. I didn't do the Via Character thing. I don't think... Persistence was one of her character strengths, but I don't want you to tell anyone. Let's just say mum's the word. So, <clears throat> what we're talking about today, though, is cause. Serving something that is greater than yourself. Serving something that is greater than yourself, because when you do that, you gain a sense of meaning. Seligman, psychologist who wrote the book Flourish, writes this, the, meaning, the meaningful life consists in belonging to and serving something that you believe is bigger than yourself. Hugh Mackay, one of our social commentators, he wrote this in his book about where is the good life to be found. He said, the good life is a life lived for others. Jesus said these words, don't you see? The son of man didn't come to be waited on. He came to be the servant to give his life as a ransom for many. In the movie, Life is Beautiful, there's a wonderful throwaway line. It says, God serves man, but he is not man's servant. Even in the expression of Jesus, he came, he said, to serve. He came to serve. So I want you to hold on to your seats for a moment, because I want to want to say something this morning that's just going to be earth-shattering for some of you. Absolutely earth-shattering. Hold on to your seats. Here it is. This is what I think, is that life is not about you. Yeah, I know, I, I, I know, I know. You probably heard me say it wrong, incorrectly, so you can just... Uh, life, I want to propose this morning, is not about you. In fact, life is more than just you. Life is not about you, and if you really think it is, then you'd better hope that you like your own company, because that's who you'll be left with at the end of the day. Life is not about you. Where did we even get this idea in ourselves that life was about us? Well, if you dig into the Bible and go back to the very beginning book, the book of Genesis, there's this incredible uh, exchange and insight into the way in which human beings are. 
And it says this, the, the serpent, the tempter, the devil himself came to Eve. And this is what's written in this narrative. It actually says, did God really say, the tempter says, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And then he goes on and says, for God knows that when you eat from it, he says to Eve, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You will be like God. It says in that moment, Eve looked at the tree and decided that the fruit was pleasing to the eye and desirable. So she took it and she ate it and she gave some of it to her husband and he took it and he ate it. And in that moment, everything changed if you like there was a moment that's true of us just as well it was true of those first homo sapiens was that there was this part of us if you like that says god i want to be the center of me if you like life is about me i want to rule myself i want to please myself i want to serve myself isn't it true that there's some part of us, there's some part of us made in the image of God that wants to order his world and bring order to a chaotic place to order it? But isn't it true simultaneously that there's another part of us that says, I want the world to be ordered around me. And both of those things ripple through my mind, my heart, and ripple through this world cause how do we serve a cause that's greater than ourselves if you don't believe me i heard tim costello share a story last year he said i was walking down the street and i found that there was a young lady and she was wearing a t-shirt and it read this said on the t-shirt my religion is kate (laughs) so he said i was feeling in that kind of chirpy mood so i walked up to her and i said excuse me could you just help me understand he said who's kate She said, oh, that would be me. (laughs) My religion is me. (laughs) He said, oh, really? Well, good luck with that one. (laughs) And he walked off. There's something in us, isn't it true, that says, I want to rule myself. I want to please myself. I want to serve myself. I heard one medical professor who said this. My mum really understood what this whole me-centered life was about. He said, "When when I was younger and I was in a bad mood, she would look to me and say, Stephen, you're in a bad mood. You need to go and help someone. (laughs) You see, there's something about the way in which we're wired that when we tap into fixing what is wrong, being part of a cause, something bigger than ourselves, we thrive. Simultaneously, we want the world to be about ourselves too. They kind of clash with each other, don't they? So in our time remaining, I just want to suggest three things. That if everyone's saying... We need to be caught up in a cause greater than ourselves. How do we do that? How do we do that? Firstly, serve a cause greater than yourself, not for yourself. They say about the Australian culture right now that the volunteering is on decline. Volunteering is on the decline. However, in the younger generation, it's actually on the incline. Have you discovered the number of causes that young people want to be part of because they actually feel like they're making a difference in this world? The challenge with this, though, is that it's the kind of cause that you get in which makes all the difference. It's the kind of cause. You see, there are some marketing agencies now that say, be part of this cause, and when you do, you'll feel better about yourself. Have you noticed that? 
which is kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? Because if it really is about the other person, then it's kind of not about yourself. But they know it makes you feel good, so they actually market it these days is that when you actually get part of this, you will actually feel better about yourself, which is kind of confusing. A few years ago, I was on an airplane to East Timor, and I was talking across the aisle to a gentleman who had been in all the different hotspots all around the world. He'd moved from one crisis to the next to the next. He was an adrenaline junkie for causes. I leant to him and I said, why do you do what you do? And he replied and said to me, (laughs) because good matters. He wasn't doing it so he could feel good. He was doing it because good matters. Serve a cause greater than yourself, not for yourself. Second thing I want to say about this is serve a cause greater than yourself with all of yourself. Have you noticed how easy it is to change the world by a click on Facebook and a like on a cause? Have you noticed that? You can change the world just by clicking a mouse (laughs) or throw $5 to a cause And it makes you feel good for a moment, but it's not really all of you, is it? The best kind of causes are the ones in which you give yourself to. Earlier in this year, I was at the MCG. And at the MCG, there was a special day where Neil Danaher was raising funds for motor neuron disease. And it struck me that you could either buy a $5 beanie, which is good. Don't hear me saying that that is wrong because it helps support the cause. So people were wearing their blue beanies. But there was also another group of people on the other side of the MCG, famous people in sporting traditions or TV. And and they were taking the ice plunge. Has anyone been involved here in the ice plunge? Well, they hopped on a slide, they slid down it, and they plunged themselves into the freezing ice. You should have seen their expressions coming out of the water. It was themselves being involved in something that was bigger than themselves giving of themselves. Neil Danaher, in a great speech he made to the Melbourne Football Club, it didn't have any impact upon them at all for the season. However, he gave a great speech in which he said, some people have said to me, Neil, you're going to die in a few years' time. Why don't you just tick off your bucket list wherever you go? Just spend the rest of the dying days that you have, that, that you have a portion to you in this life doing the things you like. And he said words to the effect of, that would be selfish. I want to be part of a cause that even though it might not help me, It'll help the next person and the next person and the next person. You see, what are the best kind of causes? The ones that serve a cause greater than yourself with all of yourself. So this morning as you leave, go and talk to Bobby about all of the different items that she produces. Hear her story and how she did it. When you're out in the foyer, go and take some of the food that Coles down in Croydon are providing so that people can actually have it distributed at our community meals or when there's leftovers, you can take it this morning. You can cook and bake and you can give it to someone else in need that might be a practical. Go and talk to Yvonne in the foyer afterwards and say, how can I be caught up in a cause that's bigger than myself? And finally, here's the words of Jesus. Serve a maker and join his cause that will end all causes. There doesn't have to be causes. There doesn't have to be 
causes. But because we're in a world in which part of me wants to order chaos, but the other part of me wants to have the world rotate around me, we have the need of causes. There's wars, there's disputes, there's greed, there's suffering all throughout this world. And God's cause is to one day put an end to all of the causes. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come to save souls for a disembodied heaven. He came to usher in a new kingdom here on earth. This is what he said. Don't store up treasure on earth. Moth and rust will eat away and robbers will break in and steal it. I mean, this is making sense, isn't it? See, when you store up treasures on earth, inevitably it rots or someone could steal it unless you have a really big safe. No, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Moth and rust don't eat away and robbers break in. They they will not break in and steal. You see, what he's saying is that don't collect it and somehow beam it to where God is. No, Live the kind of life that is participating with what God is already doing here on earth. And in so doing, you will be aligning your life with his cause that will stretch into the age to come. In fact, if you want to know where your treasure really is, he says, first discover where your heart is. And that's where you'll know where your treasure is. What do you want to do with it? So let me tell you, don't worry about your life. You see, if you give yourself to God's cause, he will start to, you'll start to worry about, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? He says, don't worry about your body, what to wear. There's more to life than food and there's more to the body than a suit of clothes. Do you agree? These things he's not saying are unimportant. We need to raise families. We need to put roofs over heads. We need to have clothing to wear. We need to eat food and have it on the table. But he says this, make your top priority God's kingdom and his way of life and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first, he would say, what God wants to do in your life using your strengths, your skills, your abilities. Wake up in the morning time and say, here I am God How do you want me to join you in what you're doing? The band's going to come up right now. And they're going to close to give us some space to think. If you're here this morning and you're a young person, you go to primary school or you haven't quite made it, I want to say this to you. You might think you're small, but God can use you to do big things. When you go to primary school, you can look around that yard and you say, God, how can I join you in what you want to do? You might have a skill. You might write really well. You might speak really well to encourage other kids. You might run real fast. You can do all those things. And you can say, God, how could I possibly use this to join you in your cause? nudge you he can show you 
wonder if you're a mum or a dad and you're tending to a family and you are just up to here with nappies and you are like, I can't do any more. My life does not have any meaning or purpose or value. Well, it does to that little you. But right where you are, I reckon if you open up your heart and mind to God and say, what, who, how, in small ways, he'll nudge you. He'll nudge you. Because there's a wonderful way in which God can take our skills, gifts, passions, and weave them into his bigger picture. He says as much. Paul writes this, one of the writers in the Bible. So my dear family, be firmly fixed, unshakable, always full to overflowing for God's work. Because in Jesus, as you know, the work you're doing will not be worthless somehow when God puts an end to all the causes when he brings his new world order to earth. The glass of water, the welcoming hand, the growing of silkworms, the cooking of food, will all be tied into his tapestry, creating and bringing an end to all causes. That is the greatest meaningful cause I've discovered in my life. And we're invited to be part of it every day. As you hear the words of this song, you might posture yourself and say, Justice, God, how would you like me to be part of your life?